Hi there, welcome to uh, the Music Ally podcast. Um, this was a show which we recorded just before Christmas at the end of uh, 2020. And uh, this is being uploaded a little bit later because, of course, 2020 was a year of chaos and carnage and things slipped through the gaps. But it's a really good show and still relevant uh, even a couple of months later. The topic of the show is contract reform. What should the relationship between artists, songwriters, labels and publishers look like um, as we move now into 2021, a year which is clearly shaping up to be one of great change. Uh, it was all initiated by a strongly worded statement from the European Music Managers Alliance uh, that called the current system of copyright ownership and the contractual relationships, quote, unfit for purpose and especially so for artists and songwriters tied to outdated pre-streaming contracts. So we welcomed onto the show to discuss this Per Kvimen, the chair of uh, the European Music Managers Alliance, Emma, and head of MMF Sweden, and Verpi Immonen, vice chair of Emma and head of MMF Finland, to discuss their demands. Also joining us, we're very pleased to have Roman Vivian, MD of the distribution and services company Believe, to give his perspective from that side of the industry. Um, Patrick Ross, as ever, from Music Ally, joined me on the show, and we really got into the weeds and talked about the complications of contractual arrangements and what could be done better. So this is a really interesting show for anybody who has any kind of contractual relationship with artists or songwriters or works with artists and songwriters and is looking to get some sort of better arrangement for them as we move into a new exciting tomorrow. We've spoken a lot in the last year about how artists and songwriters are rewarded uh, from use of their work. And uh, this show has been sort of initiated a little bit by um, a statement that the European Music Managers Alliance put out um, last week, where they demanded immediate change in quite a strongly worded statement that called the current system of copyright ownership and the contractual relationships unfit for purpose, and especially so for artists and songwriters tied to outdated pre-streaming contracts. Now we've got the, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, Patrick, uh, my colleague here in London, uh, you can share the Music Ally link, which uh, describes that more and links to the Emma statement. So what should change in the copyright relationship look like? Um, we're gonna discuss that and we'll also talk about the EU copyright directive, in particular um, directives number 18 to 20, um, which directives fans uh, address contact, contract reform. So the panel, I'm very, very pleased to welcome uh, uh, Per Kvimen, uh, who's the chair of uh, EMMA uh, and uh, head of uh, MMF Sweden uh, and is a respected manager and uh, at Versity Music. Hi, Per. Thank you. Yes. Uh, was, was that a, was that a, a, a descriptive uh, enough uh, introduction? Correct. <laughs> introduction. Thank yeah. you. Good, no problem. And uh, joining uh, us as well is uh, the uh, vice chair of Emma, head of MMF Finland. It's Verpi Eminent of Full Steam Management. Hi, Verpi. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. And uh, excitingly, I just wanted to drop this uh, bit in that you are the uh, music supervisor for the Moomins. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's, that's a dream job right there, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, good to know. And uh, all the way from Paris, uh, joining us, uh, thrilled to say, Roman Vivian, uh, the MD and board director at Believe, uh, where you're in charge of label activity at uh, Believe Recordings. Yeah, for label French activity International. and distribution. Yeah, absolutely. And distribution. Nice Hi, to thanks meet for you joining all. us. Yeah. yeah, thanks for joining us very much. Uh, looking forward to hearing your perspectives. And last but by no means least, of course, uh, Patrick Ross, uh, or SVP of Digital Strategy at Music Ally, on a boat in London. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for having me. A pleasure. Now, Patrick, not that uh, we've ever been uh, accused of crowbarring into these TV shows uh, any kind of product placement, but if I was interested in short form video strategies, uh, can you recommend a uh, webinar that's taking place soon? Short form video strategies. Well, I mean, obviously with the rise of things like TikTok, um, which everyone talks about, uh, but also when we think about things like Instagram Reels and Triller, which, you know, there's been probably less conversation, but possibly more opportunities around. Um, Music Ally does actually happen to have on November 18th, um, we're doing a webinar. Um, it will be at 5 p.m. UK time, um, and we're going to be going through short form video strategies uh, across platforms and how to really get the most out of these platforms. We put a lot of research in this. Um, it comes 
not only from our experience working with artists on these platforms, but also spotting the trends. So um, if you're interested in finding out more about uh, getting into the short form video uh, strategy um, area, then let me send over a link right now and you can uh, sign up by contacting Anthony and I'll put that in the chat right now. Okay, put that in the chat. So if you're interested in uh, short form video strategies and learning more, uh, contact Anthony at musicanlay.com. And I promise that will be the last product placement in the show. Mm. Mm. Okay, so uh, let's get onto the main topic. Um, don't forget, you can ask questions about anything being discussed around uh, how you feel about artists and songwriter contracts, what you think artists and songwriter contracts should be like in, in a modern music industry. Uh, hit the Q&A button at the bottom, get your questions in early. You can ask our experts and um, we will get as many of those questions in front of them as possible during this conversation. Now, the issue of re uh, remuneration of artists has been loud and clear this year. Um, mm. And people have been talking about a lot, in particular, the money coming from streaming to artists, but the issue beneath that is contractual. Um, it stands to reason that the dynamics between artists and songwriters and labels and publishers may also be changing in this time. And uh, obviously there was this statement from uh, the European Music Managers Alliance uh, last week. And it's important to note that that was addressing labels and collecting societies uh, in its statement, rather than attacking streaming services directly, where a lot of the attention has been focused. Now, as well as uh, Emma's statement, there have been high profile examples of discussion around contracts, including uh, Kanye West famously um, tweeting out every page of his uh, labyrinthine contracts, which was fascinating to contract nerds. And uh, BMG recently removed controlled composition clauses uh, from historic contracts of theirs. And meanwhile, of course, as I said, the EU copyright directive will have an impact on uh, contracts and rights reversions. And lots to discuss. So let's see what we can do in the remaining 55 minutes. Uh, let's start with our chair and vice chair from uh, the European Music Managers Alliance, uh, Perrin Vippi. Why was this? This is a, a strong statement. There's a, there's a link to it uh, in the chat. If, if you're just joining us, um, uh, I'll pop, perhaps drop it in there again in case you can't see it. Uh, but why did you publish this statement? And what, what, what are you trying to, what conversation are you trying to start here? Well, I think the, the, the initiative that's uh, been going on for quite a few years now from uh, the European Union with the Copyright Directive is a very important one. And the implementation of these articles is, going to happen by June uh, to underline what what we're talking about with legacy contract and, and I would say contract that are mostly of them more that have more than five years five to ten years or uh, it is it's not relevant uh, in, my, in most cases to the today's uh, how streaming and the di digital uh, the revenues are, are going from right holders to 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 artists so that that's uh, one thing uh, we're, we wanted to put the light on uh, or, or to 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 really uh, start this discussion before the implementation is done and and another thing when we're talking about new contract is uh, we think it's the, the transparency is needs to be taken much more seriously the, the bulk payments from uh, the big tech companies like facebook uh, going into the to to especially the majors but also bigger independents uh, it's not uh, transparent at all i would say and and uh, that uh, that larger sum of money will only grow in the future and it's very important yeah. to start to have a a real insight in, in how this money is distributed. Yeah, Vepi, when you deal with artists and they, you know, obviously the issue here is about historic contracts and, and, and the, the changes, how a new contract could be made that is sort of more reflective of, of the current um, era of how money is generated for songwriters and artists. When you talk to um, songwriters and artists, What's their, what, is there? Is there a sort of a, a clear number one frustration or criticism they have of, of their contractual agreements? Uh, I, I can't say that there's clear number one, but obviously now when there's no live music, the whole recording industry has actually became so much more important for all the artists, but also because they, we have so many options nowadays. There's so many ways artists can work independently. There's 
new way of thinking, there's new new way of consuming. Um, there's basically the world is kind of like changed. We have like the whole industry and the music industry especially has changed over the past 10 years, but the agreements haven't. We are still kind of like stuck in, in I don't know where, 2008, 10, somewhere, somehow, somewhere there, but um, but I guess it's uh, one of the main main things what we are talking nowadays, especially with new upcoming artists, is the um, uh, different ways of releasing your music. There's so yeah. many options, and what is the best way? And like, depending on the genre and 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 the artist, of course, there's there's so much like. So many ways to do things nowadays. Yeah, and that's something we can discuss in a bit, which is uh, are newer artists possibly inclined to not sign uh, label contracts or, or, or those kind of contracts in order to retain control? And perhaps maybe there's things they're missing out on because of that, but we, we can talk about that shortly. Uh, let's jump over to Paris, uh, Romain. Um, you you uh, were not involved in that statement from Emma, of course, but um, you oversee, amongst other things, as you said, label activity, I believe. What are your feelings in general, from, from your perspective, on these calls for contractual change? Well, I think they're really good. And I think um, I think it's really good that uh, you guys are putting that together. I, I've, I've read the statement and I think it goes uh, across many very important uh, issues and matter. I think the transparency is probably the most critical one uh, because we have to be in a much more transparency world. And I think no matter what the deal is, at the end of the day, uh, both parties that are signing a contract need to be fully aware and, 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 and fully uh, um, informed about what they are signings and how that deal is going to work and what type of revenue they're going to get, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, this is really um, the core DNA, one of the two or three biggest and strongest DNA of belief since the beginning. And we always try to be as transparent as possible from the contract we are putting on the table to uh, the data and the revenue and the backstage and the tools that we are providing to all our artists across the world for them to be fully transparent about what they are signings, what they're gonna get against the services in one contract or another. Uh, we have various types of contract that we use at Billy from being a producer to being a pure distribution to being a distributor plus services or co-expectation deal, GV and, and stuff like that. So no matter what the deal is, what matters is what you're gonna get uh, uh, in terms of level of services and in terms of value sharing within your contract. So. That's what we need to put together the right way. That's how we need, and that's what we are, that what is due to the artist or the producers. Uh, so they need to know exactly what's gonna happen with their revenue, with their content, with their rights. Obviously we are more and more going into a world and the, the, the artist willing to, sh to, to uh, keep their copyrights and their, uh, their ownerships, which I think is good. Our label activity, I believe, is very, very small. Uh, the vast majority of our, our business is distribution, meaning all the artists and the label that we are working with are their, uh, uh, their, their own uh, producer and they keep their own team. I mean, they keep their ownership and, mm -hmm. and they get, and we, and they get a, a fair share of the royalty on the, on, on, on the revenue we are, uh, we are uh, uh, developing. So I think, I think transparency is fundamental. And I think transparency uh, also need to work better and better with the DSPs. Uh, I think we are fighting a lot. And I was actually on a call with uh, one member of the cultural minister of Paris an hour ago. And he was asking me, what do you need from us? How can we help you uh, uh, in that digital world? And the first thing that came up to my mind and I told him, I said, well, we need you to help us to have more transparency from the DSP on the way the algorithm are working. So all this transparency uh, uh, question needs to work both ways. It needs to work between us, distributor, producer, um, part of the musical ecosystem and the DSPs and the platforms. And then it needs to work between us and uh, the artists who represent the producers, the managers. So I think yeah. it's a fair question. I think the value needs to be 
uh, uh, shared differently than it used to. Why? Because I think the artists are bringing much more for some of them and many of them are bringing much more on the table than they used to bring before. Why? Because they don't necessarily need a producer anymore. Why? Because they can address and develop an audience by themselves through the social networks, which they couldn't do earlier. Uh, and they were always going through a filter of a media or a cold company. You know, they can address their audience directly. So what they bring on the table, that these connections with the audience, it's huge. It's a big value. It's a lot of data. It's a lot of information. It's a capacity to address an audience, to sell yeah. music, to sell tickets, to sell merchandising. So that that's what we need to do. So I think this is a fair uh, statement in in the in the EU uh, regulation. I think the other thing that needs to uh, to be put on top of you know the uh, the, the the share uh, the revenue share is the transparency and the responsibility for those guys to 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 explain how they work uh, and so at least they have uh, all the tools in place so they can uh, they can monitor those rights on every content they are distributing online. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think transparency is a clear request, a clear desire from probably well all corners of the music industry really isn't it and when and when uh pear and verpa you, you you were calling for these changes um if you boil it down really transparency as roman was saying is is really the the key issue here Let's, I, I just want to talk about the, there were four key demands in the um the emma statement and uh i'd like to talk about in in general that the, the as, as a sort of frame for the wider conversation, the first two. The first, the first part was uh, talking about a new contract between artists and major music corporations. Now, just for clarity on this, uh, Pear, perhaps you can start us off. When you were talking about, you know, these are desires, this does, these desires for four changes are being voiced by um, the European Music Managers Alliance sort of on behalf of the artists and songwriters you represent. So this is, this is the culmination of the thoughts of all these creators and performers in Europe in that sense. So when you are saying a new contract between artists and major music corporations, is transparency a key part of that? Or is it a stripping out of old uh, ideas that are no longer useful? Or is it all of these things? I'd say when when we when we're talking about new contract transparency is definitely number one. As I mentioned earlier, the, the big, with for instance the big bulk payments coming in from from uh, from uh, Facebook and TikTok and others that that, uh, that needs much greater transparency. Only need, it, it, there is no transparency, I would say, about these payments uh, uh, and. Um, and what sort of transparency would you like to see? How would you like that to be more, more clear? Well, they need to work. I, I don't think it's good enough that they just uh, get um, a big chunk of money for, for, for Facebook uh, using, uh, using music and, and, and then they sort of split it out. If they share it with uh, the artists, they, they do it on their own. Uh, there's no real... I think, uh, from what I know, there is no contract that really regulates how, how that money is supposed to be to fed to the artists. And I think that's, I want to point out that you, you mentioned that we didn't mention uh, or that DSP was not in the act statement. And, and uh, the reason for that is that we want to focus on these four points. Doesn't mean that we don't have criticism or, 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 or or will have argues for how, how DSPs need to, to, to develop and fraud and, and manip manipulated streams is something that is a, a grave problem. <clears throat> a grave problem. I, uh, I think the, 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 the German group of managers are looking at this is estimating it could be 10 to 20% of all streams. And that's money that's going in the wrong hands to start with. It's also money that can be in, in organized crime, uh, laundry of money. Uh, mm. Extremely important that the DSP start to work to, on, on, on really stopping this or, or not feeding it that, that, some, that some believe they are. Uh, but that also comes down in the relationship and the transparency between the DSP and the labels. I mean, mm. I think Daniel Ek uh, and Martin, when they spotted Spotify, did an absolutely amazing, I mean, it, it's in a way unbelievable what they succeeded with. And it's been a, a great uh, savior for the music industry. The record companies themselves couldn't work it out. They, they were 
what was going on in around the millennium ship was is going nowhere until uh, Spotify actually uh, got their business started. So a lot to to I think we have a lot to to share them for, but uh, it's also time to develop their the business model. Is 2020 yeah. now they started 2008. I mean, that was an interesting thing. Thanks, Per. Um, that's great. Um, Verpi, this is what you were saying, that the, the, the contracts and the agreements and the understanding and the, and the system and the kind of expectations around the contractual agreements and, and, and sort of understanding where money goes are perhaps, as you said earlier, are, are stuck in 2008, you know, just, just around the time that streaming was get, getting on its feet. But there's so, still so outdated business models and we still use a lot of reductions and debts and like we kind of like use old world business practices when that's what i was going to ask you which is what why is this happening why why what is the the motivation to keep using old old contracts old models old practices in a time of complete digital change i believe it generates more money to the right owners <laughs> i think that's the that's the key to it because obviously when you have a lot of uh, reductions and, and, and low royalty rates and like you based on your business model on physical sales and now we are on, on digital era, it, it creates so much more money uh, for the, the right owners. And there's a strange sort of um, irony there, isn't there? Because the music business was the first to be, or of the major sort of media businesses, the first to be disrupted by being able to stream the content, you know, it was ahead of uh, video and, and TV, for instance. Um, and do you think what, I'll come to you, Roman, in a minute and ask you something similar, but what do you think it would take to, if, if, if artists are calling for transparency and change, and it's, you're suggesting it might not be happening for reasons of convenience, what will it take for, for, for change to actually start to, to happen beyond the sort of pressure you're putting on as, as Emma? Obviously, there's EU and new new laws could be the one way to do it, but I think it comes from the artist side. I believe that there's because they have artists have so many ways nowadays, like like I said, to release and 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 license and do stuff. So I I think that they will they will start voting with their feet, and they will start doing things differently. They, they know, and there's kind of like much more awareness nowadays as well. Yes. They are so much more aware of their revenues and like where all the money is coming from. And, and like they un a lot of artists also understand what it means to own your rights. And uh, I think it really, it's coming, hopefully it's coming from that side. And, and fans are starting to understand that as well. Fans are starting to understand where the money goes or where it doesn't go. And I think that's that's a big change as well. That nowadays uh, artists and fans are really understanding how this business works. It's kind of like fairness and awareness. Hmm. I was going to say, with, within an awareness perspective, um, you know, I do a lot of uh, lecturing around various universities, and especially with a lot of young musicians. And it has been uh, pleasantly surprising, I would say, over the last few years of how many of them have it that I, I want to own my own masters. I know that. Uh, they're sometimes not completely sure why, but they're pretty sure that that's something that they need to do and they, they fight for it from day one. And that's like, I think a really encouraging change that hopefully this education aspect is actually helping to change at the artist level. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Uh, Roman, um, you, you, when we talk about new ways of artists interacting with the world, getting their music out there, um, finding the services that labels have traditionally offered, Believe is one of those examples, right? That is, that, that's how uh, artists and, and, and performers and, and songwriters can connect. When we, you, know, you, in some ways you were saying, you offer the kind of transparency they're looking for. Do you think that when we talk about contracts needing to change, if enough artists start shifting towards working with people like you and not signing contracts, do you think that that is, it's that almost sort of, uh, you know, capitalist push that so if, if it flows down the path of least resistance so that change will happen when enough artists shift to doing things outside of that system? 
Yeah, I think it's two things. Um, exactly as VIP has said, I think it has to come from the artist and the artist community overall. So the artists, their managers, an artist is very often, I mean, most of the time with someone uh, else, you know, dealing with his, with his business. So his publisher, his manager, his producer, his, um, his lawyer. Um, I, I think all those, the artist community overall with all those actors needs to uh, needs to realize that. So they need to, um, to, to push for more transparency and to push for different type of contract. Um, so I think it comes from that. And then it comes from, um, from the market to realize that uh, they have to, they, they, they have to change their, their perspective on how to uh, uh, serve the artists better. Uh, and I think uh, the reason why we can uh, uh, do that and, and give away a much bigger share of the revenue with all the transparency to the artist is really coming from two things. First, this is, again, the spirit on which we build the company. But second is the technology. You really have to understand how technology is important for that because the fact that we are having a sustainable uh, uh, businesses uh, in distribution, dealing with hundreds of thousands of artists and uh, millions of content over the world is because we build the technology to be able to address this from a technical, from a logistic, from a financial, from a distribution uh, uh, standpoint. The fact that the record company can't really sustain such business and are still fighting to get a bigger share of the revenue and or putting some silly clauses in their contract. Uh, when I'm talking silly clauses is still to have some royalty, uh, um, how do you say, um, royalty breaks in their contract for uh, uh, for manufacturing or royalty break for digital exploitation. This is nonsense. This is nonsense. Uh, it doesn't have to be this way. And the reason why we can do it is also because we build the technology that allow us to distribute music for at a cheaper price and to report to the artist uh, uh, with all the transparency on a daily basis what's happening on his content on this track, in which playlist, in which country, on, on this DSP and another. So it comes from technology. So, uh, and the technology leverages a lot of things. It leverages transparency, it leverages margin, it leverages capacity of distributing a lot of content. So um, that's why we're capable of dealing with so many artists at so many different levels of their development. Again, our purpose is to be able to uh, service as best as we can with all the transparency and the right level of expertise and services, every artist in any given music genre, in any given country at every stage mm. of this development. So, and that, 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 is, that is sustainable because of the technology and this is sustainable because we are dealing with different type of business models. Yeah. The majors basically have only one business models, which for most of the reasons we just uh, discussed are not really any more adapted to the way the revenue should be shared, the way the content should be distributed, the way the content should be monetized, uh, the way the audience should be developed, the way we would, should leverage those audiences, uh, uh, et cetera. And again, the way the artist are dealing with a lot of stuff they were not dealing before. So lots of them can produce music without a major deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they are looking for distribution, they are looking for services, they're looking for marketing. And it has to come, all of those services has to come with a, with a fair price and, yeah. and, and, and a balanced one. And, and a balanced one. So th this is how I would do it. I mean, yeah. and, and so we, we can do that because of technology and, and, and the artist has to empower themselves. Yeah. Uh, a lot more, and I think the lawyers and their manager needs to help them uh, doing the, right. doing so. Well, a good point. Thanks, Roman. And we'll, we'll just I'll, I'll just uh, raise one more point, and then I see we've got lots of questions coming in. So, Patrick, we'll come to you shortly with some questions. Pear, on that on that front about artists being given advice and, and guidance in this process, um, obviously the, there's extra pressure on um, managers at this point, and to to be that guide. To say, okay, this is the kind of uh, contractual route you should take. You should you should not sign this contract. You should engage with these companies and do it yourself. Is that is that um, are artists generally receptive to trying these newer routes because they're aware of this this two parts of this question? Then are artists coming to you and saying, find me a better deal than these traditional contracts? And the second part is, what do you do with artists who have got long-standing contracts? perhaps signed before streaming? 
Mm. Well, on, on your first question, yeah, definitely, yes. I mean, most artists uh, as management are looking for new type of deals. I mean, uh, companies like uh, also besides Believe, uh, BMG and Cobalt has been, where you have sort of revised royalty, where they put a lot of, um, where the main main proportion of royalty or income goes to the artist, but it also puts a lot of pressure on, on, on the management. It's more, in many ways, the management is supposed to do the labor work. Uh, but that, that's also one very important point from what's happened with the shift to streaming is that I would say that labels and especially say what you might call boutique labels or the smaller labels that you have the the, the, the main universal or Warner, but under the, there you have the tens or tons of, of, of smaller labels who find it, uh, the, 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 the new talent and, and, uh, and could um, develop it. Uh, you don't really see that in the same way these days, I would say. And, and uh, the, the labels are not the backbone of the if for the artist's career anymore. It much more comes from themselves or, or with management. And this is also why it's so important for the whole ecosystem of the music industry to, to have a, another balance of, of a catalog money. It's, I don't think it's even good for the people working at, at, uh, at, at major companies or, or bigger labels, including bigger indies, to have their source of income uh, coming from, from, uh, from catalog where you basically don't need to do anything more than just collect the money. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it's not creative it, it's not good for anyone I would say so that that's why it's so important that this shift is, is happening I, I, I know one of the majors uh, the, the, uh, with the co contracts from pre pre Spotify the the average royalty is 11% to the artist mm. uh, and you have they lost their, their net income from from, from a stream has gone up with 50 to 130%. So, and it's not being shared with the artists. I guess that's why we have the EU directive because labels wouldn't move. Right. Uh, Vipi, to sort of come to you on this point, you, you must be dealing with um, artists who perhaps run historic contracts. What, uh, maybe you are, uh, what are they saying? They're, if, they're, if, they're seeing the, if they're looking at the amount of money coming in and they're saying, well, I'm on this contract, which means I only get 11%, I, I think I'm, I deserve more than that in this new environment. What can you say to them? That's the thing, like, what can you say? Basically, you have to start con con conversation with the label, like, but ba it's basically, we can discuss, we can try to change things. I know that Musicians Union here is um, here in Finland, they've been working on this kind of like fairness clause that if you have like really old and outdated uh, agreements, uh, there's kind of like this sort of like fairness clause that labels need to at least look at them yeah. and, and discuss about it. And I, I know that they have actually, they have managed to get like few few agreements redone but when you have signed something it's all about the discussion then and negotiation like and how both parties will see it we know that it's not fair but it's i mean this is a difficult question but how likely how, you know how do you think that the big players in this space, I'm, I'm not just talking about labels, but other people who, who have signed these other major parties who've signed contracts. How do you think they're going to react if a, if, a, if a big enough noise starts getting made around wanting to go back and, and revise historically uh, signed contracts? I think it actually comes down to the markets. Like it's easy for me to speak here because Finland and, and Scandinavia is such a small market comparing to the big music markets. Like for me, it's so much easier to go and sit down with them and speak with them and maybe even start negotiating with them than I would imagine in, in, in the UK or especially in the States mm. when you have like such a huge music market. What are you dealing with? So I think it's kind of like it's, also remember, remember uh, 
yeah we need to remember like where are we coming from and which which, which markets we are in yeah. because yeah i'm dealing well, differently than you guys in the uk are dealing yeah well uh, before we go to patrick for questions let's go to roman who's in one of the bigger music markets now i know that you don't you don't deal with in this particular area necessarily, but you're dealing with artists who perhaps in the past have had historic contracts that they've signed, and then they've signed some sort of deal with uh, with Believe, for instance, and they must be pleased with the percentages they're getting. Um, what do you think in, for example, in France, with, with, with the major players in France, what do you think it will take for them to react to these kind of calls for change on historic contracts? Uh, it would change a lot. Uh, it would need, it would need, again, it would need them to, um, to really see distribution as a business, uh, to really invest into technology, to change uh, some of their uh, internal expertise. You have to understand, and I'm not criticizing here because mm. I spent half of my career with a major company uh, from 95 to 2000 and 2008 before joining Believe. So, uh, and I've learned my, my, you know, my classes there, uh, but it's just that they are not organized to address the business as we are because uh, their contract, their people, their technology um, is, is kind of late on some of those issues. Uh, and, and also I think what, the, the, they're very strong because of their catalog. They're very strong because of their, 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 their pop acts and their world war, worldwide pop acts. So they're focusing on this. While we are focusing on independent artists, on developing artists, on niche music from every single genre, from classical music to metal. We bought Naive Records classical, with a huge classical repertoire. We bought Nuclear Blast. In, the, in, mm. in, in, in Germany for metal. We bought TuneCore in the US because we, you were mentioning earlier that it's about dealing with artists. But again, my answer to that was uh, we want to deal with every artist at every stage. And there's a lot of solution, as I think Virpi was saying earlier, uh, for artists to become their own boss, to become their own, uh, you know, their own producers uh, in terms of distribution. So TuneCore is one. And you probably seen a few days ago uh, the announcement of, uh, of, of Russ, you know, which one of our biggest artists, mm. urban artists in the US. And he in, in a lot of transparency again, uh, because transparency should come from every player in the game. He, he, he said, well, this is what I'm earning uh, as, as, as an artist through TuneCore with my streaming uh, revenue, which is huge amount of money. So this is, this is where I think we should stand. So the majors, uh, they have to understand that. They have to uh, uh, reorganize themselves so they can uh, uh, probably give a higher share uh, to uh, to the artist with uh, with more transparency and that goes along transparency will always it's 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 willing to do it but it's also being capable of doing it and again being capable of doing it across so many artists in the world has to go from technology so they have to make the investment that's a huge investment this is millions that we investors over the past 15 years uh, so it, it's willing to do it and putting the money in the right place to be able to deal with it do you, do you think that there's, oh, by the way, Patrick has very uh, helpfully shared uh, the details of that story about Russ that you just mentioned, Roman, in the chat. And it is fascinating. He, he, he tweeted uh, his weekly earnings, didn't he? And uh, a fascinatingly large amount of money. Um, do you think, Roman, that um, you were saying about the, the strength, and we'll come to Patrick with questions in a minute. Do you think that the strength of, as you said, majors being catalog and, and major international pop acts, do you think that there's a, there's a sort of danger or a, a likelihood that their sort of, their parameters will close in so that they're only focusing on these large current pop acts and catalog and leave the rest of the market to, to people like you? I don't think so. That would be a huge mistake because the catalog of tomorrow is the newcomers of today. So uh, I think what they, they, they are they are dealing very well and, and you all seen like, even with the crisis, they announced their media numbers and they were all going very up again, thanks to streaming uh, increase. And, and new subscribers coming coming on board, and we've seen, you know, with Spotify and others, that uh, the good thing about is there's one good thing, because obviously there's so many bad things. But if there's one good thing about the crisis is that this is going to accelerate. 
the transition between physical to uh, digital. This is mm -hmm. going to accelerate the, 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 the type of subscribers that's going to come on those subscription models. And this is going to help to diversify uh, uh, the type of music we're going to consume on those platforms. And it's not going to be only about urban music or dance music. It's going to be about every other music soon enough on those platforms, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so going back to the majors, uh, I think if they're focusing only, uh, I mean, catalog and, and international pop, it's, it's, it's what makes them profitable. And it's what makes them very profitable and having some great market share. So leveraging that market share to get good deals on the platforms because of the numbers they represent. But if they, st if they stop investing into, into newcomers, then you know it's 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 gonna they're gonna create less value in the future. So I yeah. think this they, they they're gonna do, but they have to do it in diversity. I don't think they do it in diversity enough. Uh, if you look in France, for example, to answer your questions, majors are controlling probably two thirds of the market share, but they only represent one third of the new prediction that is made every year. Mm -hmm. Two thirds of that new prediction is uh, thanks to the independent. And most of the, I mean, not most, but some of those independent artists or labels, because they are still distributed by majors, that market share is aggregated into the, into the majors one. But at the mm. end of the day, this is not their own market share because they are distributing some of those big artists. And in France, the biggest sellers of the past two years, Angèle, self-produce, own producers. She's on a distribution deal with Universal. She sold a million records. Her market share goes into Universal, but they're only distributing her. Right. And that's one example among many, many others. Right. Thanks, Roman. That's great. Uh, Patrick, we, we've had a bunch of uh, uh, questions come in. Uh, perhaps you'd like to throw one of them or a couple of them at the panel. Sure. Um, and just one sort of comment uh, within here as well, I mean, especially looking at Russ and looking at a lot of artists and, you know, understanding that, that the major ecosystem and the ability to distribute yourself often go part and parcel. Um, so, you know, I think we have to sometimes look at this maybe a little more holistically at sometimes we like to throw, um, we like to throw the tomatoes sometimes at the, at the, at the large companies that are able to invest. And of course there's those deals. Um, but to go back onto those deals, one of the questions we've had in here for a little while, um, we've obviously talked about managers, we've talked about artists being aware um, but how much responsibility lies in lawyers? Because obviously a lawyer is probably one of the first people that an artist needs to get onto their team. Um, and is there, and the question actually goes that the lawyers are sort of um, invested in the label and publisher culture, the sort of traditional industry that we find ourselves in. Um, and how much is it for them to actually challenge these, these things and actually make these changes? Or do they just sort of uh, debate for the artist or uh, in, the, in the sense of what already is and can't really rock the boat too much? Does anyone have any thoughts on how lawyers play? Who wants well, to pick a fight with lawyers? <laughs> Yeah, no, okay, I think but... they have a major role. Uh, and I was I was telling that earlier, I think they have a major role. And I think that changes a lot. When we started Believe, you know, most of the lawyers I used to work when I was at Virgin EMI, they were still in the um, standard re record label slash major uh, type of deal. Uh, less and less of them are into this. Uh, and I think they're following uh, uh, also what's happening in the market. They're dealing with those new deals. Uh, they are also uh, seeing the value having a different type of deals. And we've seen, you know, the, 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 the lawyers and the level of your lawyers that we are dealing with uh, in, in uh, I believe, what are in, for distribution uh, that has changed a lot uh, over the past five to six years. And I, I think more and more, they're aware of those new offers. They're aware of those new services. They're aware of those new contracts and they're helping the artists to understand those better. Uh, uh, to understand when the value sits, where the where the share of the of the revenue sits, uh, what's uh, what are their responsibility against that? Because obviously, you know, you have to understand that if you go into a distribution deal, there's so much more the artist is responsible for. He needs to be able to produce music. He needs to be able to organize himself. He needs to be able to deal with marketing, to decide the investment, uh, uh, to build his own his own his own uh, company. Uh, because we don't sign with artists direct. I mean, we do a little bit, but most of our clients are companies, so they need to build their own company. So they have suddenly a lot more responsibility than they used to have before. And I think from that standpoint, lawyers and manager has a, have a critical role to play because artists can't deal with all those ones, uh, all those subjects. They need to concentrate, they need to be aware, they need to be uh, fully uh, 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 informed and they, they need to choose 
uh, knowing what they are going for, uh, but they need to first concentrate on what they're good at and making the best songs as possible. And that's where uh, managers and lawyers are so critical. And I'll give you one thing. It's a criteria for us to sign artists. One of the criteria we look at is how strong their environment, their professional environment, managers, lawyers, publishers are. And the better, I mean, the better, uh, the better, the better. I mean, uh, that, yeah. and, and that's something we're, we're looking at. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's uh, thanks everyone. That's that's a really good insight. Uh, we, let's talk to some lawyer, uh, to managers uh, then. In that case, um, uh, Per and Verpi, how do you see that in terms of you know you have this critical role um, of uh, making a a really important decision that you might not be able to undo and then may have decades of consequences. How do you navigate that in a very fast paced, changing world? you have to be very updated of like what's going on in the in the business and in the world and and obviously networks help things like emma obviously will help because we can share so much information to each other um i think for me at least it's really kind of like keeping myself up to date and, and listen and learn and hear what's going on and like what, what options we have on the table and, and where this world is going. Because how could I advise someone else if I don't know where we are standing? And that's the big responsibility what I'm carrying. Do, do you feel that artists, um, I've seen a couple of people mentioning this in, in passing in the chat. Do you think that artists have still, you know, the, the historic idea was artists felt pressured to sign contracts, whether they were good or not, because it was their only window of opportunity into the music industry. And do you still think that that is something they feel even now in, in 2020? I don't think um, so. It totally obviously depends on the artists and the, and the history yeah. and everything, but like, especially with new upcoming names, uh, I don't think so. No, yeah. no I, I don't think so either. And I, 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 you're saying to take, make a decision that might impact for the artist for eight to 10 years, how we deal with that. Well, that, that could be, you know, even worse before when you sign a, a five to seven album deal with a major and if you sign with the wrong company, then, then you really... <laughs> Put your put yourself and an artist in a bad place, but um, so I don't think the pressure in that sense is any higher. But the workload is definitely much more pressure from and, and how all rounded we need to be. And when it comes working to lawyers, I think in a way the contracts these days are our license contract. These crazy contracts of um, one hundred plus pages i don't see them very often at all at least for my part and i think that they've gone shrinking down to to more like 10 pages so so the law if you if you're engaging a lawyer only do it if they really have to add something to the, your mm. your business equation i mean they, they they for sure know how to short you um one of the things that sort of I was came up earlier um, was this idea of, you know, like label services deals. And, and I've had personal experience with a manager who um, was working with, let's say, a heritage established act. So they had a lot of offers, which I think is something we also need to bear in mind that artists that are established certainly have more deals available to them because of track record. Um, but a manager signed to a label services deal and then within a few weeks sort of started kicking the label services company going, you're the label. And the label services company had to turn around and go, no, we're not. You're the label. We provide label services. And the manager went, oh, no. So was thinking it was really good. They were getting a 70-30 split. But at the end of the day, I, I think, as was mentioned, there's so much more work um, actually put on them. And you know, to, to that of obviously, there are these other deals, but they, they come with a different level of service and a different level of, uh, of what's going to be provided if you're going to be getting that larger piece of the pie. Is that part of this conversation as well? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it has to. It's important that the artists understand that they are working with a label service and, 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 and what the management responsibility and their own responsibility, how that shifts when you do these type of deals. There. And uh, some artists, I guess, it's better than others to, 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 to take that in or to understand that. But uh, 
that that is a, a crucial point to 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 be aware of when you work that way and i also think that the way kind of like the working practices and working ethics has changed so much over the past 10 years from the artist side side as well like i said like the, the whole awareness of things and like how they they know how to make music and release it and like how to market it like we have so much more tools to make things happen without any big companies behind them so yeah things have changed dramatically and your roles obviously as managers has changed revolutionary in a revolutionary way as well uh, we've got 10 minutes left and i want to i want to uh, quickly <laughs> 10 minutes is not enough time to discuss the uh uh, EU um, copyright directives, but um, let's have a go. Uh, there's there's two in particular which could be key in this discussion, which has a major impact on the power balance uh, between artists and rights holders that deal with contractual reforms for authors and creators, and as well as rights reversion mechanisms. Article 19, we talked about transparency. Article 19 of the copyright directive requires a, a contracting party to provide up-to-date and relevant comprehensive information to authors and performers on how their work's being used. Do you feel that this, there's a lot to discuss here, but do you feel that that transparency directive is going to have a, a major impact on how artists and are aware of where their money's coming from and how? Um, perhaps we'll start with uh, Roman for this one. If, 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 if they are aware of if they need to be more aware of from where the money is coming from that's the question uh, yeah did you think that the, the the new article the copyright directives that are going to come in article 19 is around transparency do you think that it will make yeah, yeah. the change that it's 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 intended to i hope so i really hope so um I, i'm not sure although i'm not sure how they're gonna how they're going to be able to verify into the implementation and everything else, but uh, I, I, I really hope so. Um, um, again, anything anything that could uh, that could make the relationship uh, fairer and and more transparent between the artist and their producer or distributor is a good thing. Uh, and again, that that's not only between us somehow uh, in the case of believe in our artists, but that's also between us and the platforms. So um, yeah, I, I really hope so. I'm not, I'm, but again, I'm not sure how they will, you know, uh, is there any system? I'm, I'm not very uh, yeah. clear about how they will, they will actually implement and verify forces. Well, one, one complication forces, of this is, yeah. yeah. Well, one complication is that the, um, the EU member states individually have uh, sort of the ability to limit the, the scope of how, how, yeah. how this works and the obligations of it. Um, uh, Virpi, you we're all sort of having to become a little bit of a, some level of expertise, not only when you're a manager of understanding how to become a help with label services and things, but also understanding complicated things like copyright directives. What do you feel about this? Do you think that these copyright directives that are talking about making more transparent, enforcing transparency, do you think this will actually happen? And, and what changes could follow? Well, this is just like Rowan's, Romain said, like that, we hope so. We definitely hope so. But like, who knows yet? I, I think that no one has like the right answer to it yet. But does it actually bring the transparency? Um, I hope it will actually like bargain more power to of authors and performers and like, yeah, to continue like giving more like economic value of their rights. Yeah. I mean, one, th one thing that we've talked about, and Roman in particular has talked about, is new technology and, and, and providing new technology and embracing it and using it because it's what people and the industry is demanding. And one thing that this directive might require major labels, major publishers and other majors, uh, major industries to do is provide, uh, I think it, the, the wording is, you know, um, comprehensive information about the exploitation of works. Do you think... Uh, that, be that uh, these major businesses are te technologically prepared uh, or, or maybe, you know, um, prepared in a sort of broader sense to, to share this kind of detailed information? I guess they have to. This is coming 
like is it next summer when when they're actually in yeah very soon yeah yeah very soon but this has been on the table for so long time now and there's been so many debates and like so many um, discussions about this so they they have to be prepared it's yeah. like I, th yeah. I think uh, the, it's it's about will. I mean, the, these companies yeah. definitely have yeah. the resources uh, to do so if, if they put their, their effort into it. And, and, and this is why it's so important. And also why you, well, we started this discussion, why we're coming with this statement now. The, the EU directive, it, it's in a way up to all of us to make sure and put pressure on that it's implemented in a way where it's not watered down and really make a difference. That that That's... Um, Article 18 and 20 is extremely important as well. And with for, you know, we we of course are our main uh, op thing as management is that that the income from especially the catalog should be fair fairly more fairly split between right holders and and, and artists. But uh, at the same time, we we definitely back Article 17 and that that uh, you know yeah. the the, the there should be proper licenses between right holders and, and digital platforms. What do you think, what do you feel about, as you represent the artists, you're saying you're looking for a better split. What do you think about the idea that, for example, Article 17, is, and we're not talking about that specifically, but we're talking about this group of um, directives that might actually put a sort of cooling effect on the use of uh, copyrighted materials. It will, put, it will, it will sort of, the moment it's the argument for the, not having these directives is well without these directives we can make massive technological innovation uh, and sort the problems out with copyright later but if we have to do it first we don't get the innovation which makes more money that's the counter argument we've talked about technology a lot is is that just is that not true do you think that it's do you, do you think it might have an effect where it slows things down I think it's not really true that uh, that it will slow things down. I think it's an argument you're making. It, again, it's down to will. The, these companies, they have the resources to 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 deal with it and, and to solve it. But also, the, the, the obviously the, the is, this is not only the <clears throat> direct is not only about the music industry, but the, I, I think the the music industry have showed throughout the years that we are able to bring on new new ways of distribution and 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 uh, communication and and we're we're we always solved it i can't see that we won't do it this time either also sorry yeah yeah no i i, I totally understand that oh, uh, roman you've talked about uh, technology a lot what do you think well i'll give you an example uh i i totally agree with with spirit it's a, it's a question of will and i think if they don't if they don't organize themselves uh you know that's going to be a problem and it, they're going to lose more business i'll give you one example um if you take youtube they invested because this is also part of the ue uh, regulation and, and, and new law it's that all the platform needs to have some sort of a system called content id when it comes to youtube about ma making uh, the tracking and, uh, and, and, and the right right holders on every piece of content to be protected and monetized to the right, uh, uh, right holders on every platforms. And, and this is content ID uh, when it comes to YouTube. Uh, and this is a fantastic tool that allow everyone to uh, uh, know where their content stands, to monetize them and to, and to decide the policy of monetization they want to have. We, have, we are the second biggest uh, partner of YouTube worldwide. Uh, and this is representing almost 20% of our revenue, uh, which is three or four times what that represents with the majors. Why? Because the majors are not working with that platforms well enough because they didn't uh, organize the technology and they are not putting the expertise and they are not dealing with those right properly. And when I say that, I'll give you one example is that Everyone's distributing music everywhere. Uh, sometimes you have license and sub-license, and sometimes you are claiming rights uh, worldwide, and you don't have worldwide right, but you just forgot to put that in the policy of the content you sent to the platform. Mm -hmm. You are claiming monetization everywhere, where you should claim monetization everywhere except the US, for example. And we, with that type of cases, with the producers, the distributor, and the publishers, and the right owners, it's hundreds of thousand cases uh, on the table every month. And we are tracking all those ones. 
uh, with people dedicated to that, just to make sure we get the right things on our content to be monetized. And it's been years and years that we are fighting with the majors just to have them to look at those leads, to answer our claim, to put people uh, facing those ones, to release the ones where they don't have ownerships and vice versa, because it needs to go both, both ways. And the list is like thousands of lines on our Excel spreadsheet and our uh, tools and everything. Because why? Because they just don't answer. Why and don't they, why and don't that they represent just because they, 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 don't, they don't give a shit and because they didn't have the technology or they don't put the resources and the people dealing with that because that requires technology and that requires people to take care of that and they just don't. And why do we think that this is an accusation, I, you know, we hear sometimes that this, this technology and the moving of resources to, to this part of this technological part of the music industry has not happened in some places. Why do you think, uh, Roman, that in your opinion, that that hasn't happened fast enough there? I don't, I think because they don't want to dedicate resources, so investment and money to that. And they prefer, uh, you know, uh, invest in uh, whatever, like giving huge advances to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to sign artists, uh, to buy companies, to um, be careful about the EBITDA because, you know, most of them are uh, public companies. Lots of reasons, but definitely they're not putting the resources to deal with those issues. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, thanks, uh, Ramon. Fascinating stuff. Uh, and a uh, few people agreeing with you in the chat there. Uh, so uh, you've, you've hit it. You've hit. You've struck a nerve there, which is interesting. So uh, let, before we wrap things up, we've talked about transparency and increased the desire for increased transparency um, from from all sides. Um, we've we've talked about pressure coming from managers people representing artists, artists themselves, and maybe even the public pushing uh, for change. And we've talked in, in quite interesting detail there about the, technolo the technology needed to actually make this change happen. What I'd like to do before we finish is just quickly go around the panel and sort of, uh, we, we've talked about the hopes and desires for change. And what I want to know from each of you is how, uh, how do you feel about the likely, how, how do you think it will happen? And, and, and if so, what will the first step be? And Virpi, I'm going to throw this to you uh, initially. So what kind of change do you think will happen and, and, and what might be the first thing to change? Mm, I think I said it already before that I think that this fairness and awareness is, is rising and uh, okay. comes from the artists. I think okay. that... I'm saying that a um, lot of lot of majors are actually focusing on on only certain genres like mainstream pop and rap and hip hop mainly, and I think that um, that artists from different genres and niches and and also from mainstream are finding new ways of releasing. Right. Great, thanks, Philippe. And uh, Per, same to you. Just quickly, how what what's your uh, how likely, how confident you feel the change is coming that you're asking for? I, I'm, I'm confident. I think, I, it's in history, you come to tipping points, and I think you're going to come to tipping points with all these. Uh, the, the, when artists are and management uh, as a group start to really put pressure on this, it's going to like take another Berlin Wall. All of a sudden, it happens. You know, it, it's and with the techniques you have. Uh, these days and uh, and how quick things are turning, I, I'm I'm confident change will come in in, in not too long future. Right. Uh, thanks very much, Per. And uh, again, Roman, quickly, do you, do you think that we are at a tipping point where change is happening? Well, I definitely think that uh, we are on the edge of um, of, of um, having those changes to be implemented. Yes, because. The more the revenue from the artists will come from digital, uh, the more those those issues uh, will be important for the artist community. And uh, none of us, uh, independent or majors, are nothing with the artists without the artists. So, if 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 this is becoming uh, a huge issue, and if they see they are losing confidence with their artists, losing contracts, etc., um, yes, I think they will have to change. And uh, I think. Uh, again, more the more the income is going to come from digital, the more probably they're going to invest, and everyone needs to invest in those in these technology to address to address this because it's so different from the physical business. 
Right. So a good, uh, a good share of uh, advice there and a warning over technology as, as, as ever, which is great. So thank you, Roman. So uh, that's been it. We've, 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 we've covered a lot of ground there, more than I thought we would. And I'm very grateful for everyone joining us. Um, there will be more uh, information that you can, you can check out about this uh, on Musical.ai, of course. Uh, and uh, Patrick, I think you've already shared in the chat um, some interesting uh, links and information about being able to sign up for various free resources from Musical.ai to investigate this further. And uh, there will hopefully be a uh, recording of this uh, online in, in, in a day or two um, uh, YouTube and we'll, we'll announce that when it happens uh, so uh, th thank you very much all of you for joining uh, joining us that's uh, Per and Derpy from uh, the European Music Managers Alliance thank you both very much uh, for, for joining us from Sweden and Finland uh, and I uh, hope to see you again soon. And Roman for joining us uh, from Paris. Uh, Roman, um, MD and board member at Believe. Uh, thank you very much for your input. Uh, very grateful to have you all. And Patrick, as ever, thanks for joining us from a boat in London. Thank you, Joe. Uh, always a pleasure, never a chore. And that's it for, to, uh, for today on Music Ally TV. Hope to see you again soon. Uh, but for now, from me in Berlin and from everyone here, goodbye and thanks very much. Thank, thank you. you. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. 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 Bye.